Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. It's Monday, June 21st, 2021. We're brought to you, as always, by the great people of today's dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill, simply the best dentist that there is. Why not hire the best? 317-849-2933 is the number to call. Hit subscribe, punch like, ring the bell. Let's go. Let's talk about sports. First, I want to talk about the Colts, and we're going to talk about Kevin Pritchard and whether his job's in jeopardy. Then we're going to talk about the Kessler case, which was ruled on by the U.S. Supreme Court, and we'll hit on the rule, the all-time rule of basketball and how it has been proven once again to be absolutely true. Let's talk about the Colts first. At TheAthletic.com, Zach Kiefer wrote about the Colts and what needs to go right in order for the Colts to reach their potential, and it is quite a laundry list of stuff. And we've talked about all of it for months and months and months, but here is the list. You've got to have Carson Wentz. He's got to revert to his form from back in 2017, 18, and 19 when he was one of the NFL's best quarterbacks. In 2017, he was an MVP candidate. 18 and 19, he ranked 14th in quarterback rating. If you get that level of productivity and consistency and health from Carson Wentz, Colts are in pretty good shape. Number And you've got to get back to being really, really efficient as the Colts were in 2018. Uh, Eric Fisher has got to be ready to go in early October. If he is, and he's all the way back health-wise from that torn Achilles, you know what? Colts have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. If not, you've got Sam Tevy at left tackle. Draw your own conclusions there, right? Number three, Paris Campbell has got to stay healthy and Michael Pittman Jr. has to continue to ascend. Yes and yes, but what are the odds of that happening? At least with Campbell. How is Paris Campbell going to stay healthy when he hasn't been able to stay healthy at all throughout his brief NFL career? A lot to ask. Quiddy Pay has got to, you know, burst out of the scene and be very, very productive in the way that rookie defensive ends usually are not. It takes a year, two years. Defensive end is a lot like wide receiver, right? It takes a while to figure out how that position works, and it takes a while to develop the toolbox of, of activities and of moves and of competitiveness that is required to compete in the NFL, and Quiddy pays a guy who's been able to compete two reasons. Number one, great athleticism. Number two, really high motor, consistent motor, play after play after play. It's not, he, his bandwidth of moves defensively is not broad enough yet to compete at a really high level in the NFL. Is he going to be able to develop it quickly enough to be able to be a great presence this year? And that third cornerback position, you know what? Whether it's Rocky Seen or Isaiah Rogers, who I think, man, if you want to bet on a dark horse to be a starter week one for the Colts, Isaiah Rogers is that guy. You you got to find good play there. 
And, and if you can't, you better be putting a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks because you do have playmakers in the defensive backfield, but you've also got liabilities. And if you can't get pressure on opposing quarterbacks, it doesn't matter that you've got guys back there that can make plays. Those liabilities are going to be revealed, and teams are just going to pick on them, just like the Steelers did with Rocky Seen. Play after play after play after play. We're going to pick him like that scab that just will not heal. 34th pick overall. How? Was he a 4.51, 4.5440 guy? For God's sake, speed, speed. We need speed. And here's the fifth thing that Zach Kiefer cited in The Athletic. Frank Reich has got to keep attacking, but he can't overdo it. You know, that's like run fast, but not too fast. You know, be strong, not too strong. Where's that line? That line is where you succeed many times in being aggressive. You succeed following that aggressive decision. But... You never fail. It's all about execution, right? And it's about understanding whether you can execute in a certain situation. There were times in the Buffalo game where Frank Reich took chances. Running outside with Taylor, right? Zach cites that. And then following it up on fourth down, throwing the ball to Pittman. And the throw was wayward. And the Colts wind up losing by three. So, you know, aggression is great as long as you make it. You know, fourth and one, go for it. Yay! Fans go crazy when you go for it. And then you don't make it. Boo! You're terrible. You're taking too many risks. It's all about the result. You know, and Frank Reich is not about the result. Frank Reich is about the process of making the decision. Is it the right decision in the moment? Understanding that it's an imperfect world and not everything is going to work out. You know, if all five of those things come to pass, yeah, the Colts are going to go 12-5, and 13-4. They're going to be the toast of the AFC. They're going to go into the playoffs with all kinds of momentum. Maybe go to the Super Bowl. But that is a hell of a laundry list of things that have got to go right in order for this team to succeed at a high level. Like banking on all of those to fall the Colts' way, that is a lot to count on. Every team in the NFL, if you asked the general managers of all 32 teams... Pick five places where you really need to succeed. You really need to have things go right for you. Coin flips that wind up heads instead of tails, if you're calling heads. They could come up with five, and if they hit all of those five, they're going to the playoffs. That's the way football is. The NFL is result-based, right? And the Colts have got to find a way to achieve terrific results. And can you count on all those kind of things... All those checkpoints being, you know, crossed positively, I don't know that you can. You know, Carson Wentz last year was terrible. Eric Fisher tore his Achilles in the AFC Championship game in January. Right, Paris Campbell hadn't been able to stay healthy yet. Quiddy Pay is going to be a rookie at a position where it usually takes one, two, if not three years to become productive. Rocky Scene is not going to get faster. And Frank Reich, his decision-making is going to continue to be aggressive, but can the Colts, can they execute well enough to make it pay off? You know, that's a lot of stuff. Let's talk about Kevin Pritchard and the Indiana Pacers. Kevin is facing some some big decisions. This is a huge offseason for him. He is going to have to find the right coach or at least hire a guy where he can go to Herb Simon after next year if the wheels come off the cart and say, look, 
You know what? Terry Stotts was a hell of a coach in Portland. He was really good. And we hired him believing that he was going to be able to do the same stuff. Or, or Mike D'Antoni was this, you know, and, and we all signed off on it and blah, 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 blah. If you make a mistake with this coaching hire, you'd better be able to go into Herb Simon's office and tell him why you made that decision and why it was the right decision, not knowing what the result was going to be. And then at 13, you've got to hit the right guy, right? It, you've got to find a way to have that. Thir- it's got to be the next Devin Booker or, or the, uh, the next Donovan Mitchell, right? Or the next Giannis. You've got to find that guy. Those guys were drafted at either 13 or 15. So you can get guys at that level of the draft who are going to pay off for you, but you got to hit this time. This is a good draft. You should be able to get a good player at this draft. Uh, it, previous drafts, people keep kind of picking on previous drafts. Here's the, the thing about Aaron Holiday, and nobody's really thrilled with his level of play, right, over his first three years. Nobody is. But here are the guys who immediately followed him in the draft, okay? He was taken number 23, uh, Holiday was. Anthony Simons, all right? Would you rather have him or Aaron Holiday? You'd rather have Holiday. Mo Wagner, you'd rather have Holiday, at least in terms of productivity uh, early in his career. Landry, Landry Shamit, I'd rather have Shamit, but it's closer than you would believe. Robert Williams, I'd rather have Holiday, even though that's close too. Jacob Evans, Zazen Musa, I loved him. I loved his interview uh, when the Pacers had him in for pre-draft uh, workouts. But, you know, it, you don't interview your way into NBA success. And Amari Spellman of Villanova. Which of those guys would you rather have than Holiday? With, with two or three guys, it's a coin flip. With the rest, you'd rather have Holiday. You can't draft people who aren't on the board at 23. That wasn't a bad draft. But unless you were drafting in the top seven or eight, you weren't going to get a guy who was going to be able to come into your program and really help you win. Aaron Holiday wasn't a bad draft pick, even though he hasn't been a terribly productive guy. What Aaron Holiday is, Aaron Holiday is about Aaron Holiday. And that's what's the matter with this team. This team, whether it's Miles Turner. Miles Turner, far more upset about not being a, uh, an all-defensive team guy right? Much more upset about that than 34 and 38. That's a problem. Malcolm Brogdon had good stats this year. He's happy about that. I'd rather that he was really, really upset about losing. This is about winning, right? Yet a bunch of guys, seemed like Domas Sabonis kind of fell into the the Lance Stevenson trap of really coveting triple doubles. Whether they won or lost, hey, a triple double's a triple double. Yay! You can't have guys like that. You've got to come together as a team, and you've got to compete as a unit, and you have to compete to win. And whether you score 40 or you score zero, it's about the W's and the losses. That's what basketball's all about in the NBA or any other level. Uh, the NCAA lost in the, uh, in the U.S. Supreme Court, the Jeffrey Kessler case, which, is, which says 9-0, by the way, unanimous, Uh, says that the NCAA cannot restrict institutions from paying education-related expenses to kids, to student-athletes. So there you go. A bonus tied to academics, they can pay. Promising uh, graduate school tuition or overseas education, 
You can do that now unless the conference forbids it. They don't have to pony that up, and the conferences can prohibit it, but the NCAA can't. So what Kessler assumes is that this is going to mean $200 million more dollars in goods and services being given to the kids. What the NCAA said was that amateurism is a key component of the popularity of college athletics, which is absolutely mind-blowingly silly. It doesn't make any sense. I, I felt insulted when Fred Glass told me, we're having lunch at Nick's. And he says, you know, uh, amateurism is such a key component to the popularity of these games. I was like, what am I, a fourth grader? What are you trying to convince me of, for God's sake? That people like college sports better because athletes don't get paid? How many people watch the NBA and how many people watch the NFL? Lots and lots and lots and lots. It doesn't matter that they get paid. It matters that we have a tie to the university. I went to Indiana University. I feel loyalty to Indiana University. That's what drives my love for Indiana University. I don't care whether the kids get money or not. Hey, coaches get... Archie Miller got $3 million a year. Did, Did that keep me from going to Assembly Hall and watching games? No. If that doesn't keep me from going to Assembly Hall and watching games, you know what? Giving these guys laptops and giving them academic-based bonuses doesn't mean a damn thing to me. And even if they get cash, if they got $75,000 a year to play basketball in Indiana, I could care less. If it went into a fund that they were able to activate upon graduation, that's fine too. I don't care. It doesn't mean anything to me. If Archie Miller making $3 million to coach basketball like he's an adult-pated doofus doesn't drive me away from Indiana, paying players sure as hell isn't. Who's putting the ball in the basket? Speaking of putting the ball in the basket, let's talk about the first rule of basketball. If you can't shoot, you can't play. And for that reason, Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers are at home while the Atlanta Hawks are getting ready to play in the Eastern Conference Finals because Ben Simmons can't shoot. And if you can't shoot, you can't play. You will always find people, situations that validate very, very simple rules. And this may be the best example of that ever. In the playoffs this year, Ben Simmons hit 25 of 73 foul shots. That's roughly a third he made. All right, in his career, he is 5 of 34 from three-point land. That's ridiculous. Over the next four years, he's going to make $140 million to shoot like he's blind. What are people thinking? Who is going to take that expense off the 76ers' hands? That's the worst contract ever. He's a great defensive player, but if you can't shoot, you cannot play. And that's first rule of basketball, and really, that's... If it was the only rule of basketball, I think it'd be enough. Tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent. I cannot wait to talk to you. 8 o'clock in the morning on Facebook Live, YouTube Live as well. We do it every day because we love it. We love sports. We love talking about sports. We love interacting with you about sports. Can't wait for tomorrow morning. We'll talk to you then.